In the 1960s, 95% of the clothing Americans bought was made here in America. Now 97% is made overseas. Complete reversal. I want to welcome American Giant back as a sponsor this year. American Giant is all about American workers and the products that they make. It's about good-paying jobs that allow people to take pride in their hard work. It's about America being independent. They began in 2012 when a clothing factory in North Carolina was going to shut down. They worked with the factory and invested in new machinery, and they, they now make some of the best clothing, the best hoodie you will ever, ever own. It will, you will pass it on to your kids. Buy American today, American-Giant.com. It's American Giant, American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Make sure you add the slash Glenn for all kinds of specials. So much, so much to talk about with Carol Roth. She is a former investment banker, but she speaks the language of Main Street and cares about Main Street over Wall Street. Um, Are we at the end of this? Are we at the beginning of something bigger? What happened to Silicon Valley Bank for, for the English? Did they actually buy this bank for a pound? Is it... The same bank. What is happening? Also, bailing out with by using the FDIC. The FDIC is now out of money, and it didn't even cover what they bailed out. So who's stuck with that bill? Oh, and if treasuries were the problem, Aren't all banks kind of in the same boat? Isn't even the Fed in the same boat? And all of our allies that buy treasuries? We go there with Carol Roth in 60 seconds. Every time you hear about one of those massive data data breaches in the news, uh, you should breathe a sigh of relief that you weren't one of the victims. Don't worry about things that you really don't have time to deal with. This is why LifeLock is here. Now, LifeLock can't stop everything, but they do a much better job of monitoring your data than you can ever on your own. Cybercrime is going up and becoming a bigger and bigger problem because everything we do is online. Get 25% off a subscription to LifeLock now, top of the line in cybersecurity, both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Carol Roth, welcome back. Hi, Glenn. What a... 
crazy couple of days here. Never, never ceases to amaze, does it? It no, it no, it really doesn't. First of all, let me get you uh, get your reaction. We talked, we spoke on Friday on the Friday exclusive that I do for Blaze TV. Yes. Um, and this story was just breaking. Correct. Um, so they bailed everything out with the FDIC, but this isn't just the uh, depositors that they bailed out. I'm for FDIC covering depositors, um, but they just changed the law with a stroke of a pen. Did they not? I mean, you had $400 million in that bank. It says clearly on the door deposits up to 250,000. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I have a different take on this than uh, a lot of uh, people that I've been talking to, some friends and colleagues. Um, you know, they did not do what I would consider to be a full bank bailout. They did not protect the shareholders. They Correct. showed management the door. So, you know, the people who should be taking on risk took on the risk. In terms of the depositors, I mean, you could say, oh, why should these, you know, tech companies be saved? But I challenge people to change the name. If it wasn't called Silicon Valley Bank, if it was called the Small Business Bank of Iowa, would you want those small businesses' so, <clears throat> money to be at risk? Well, there is a there is a difference um, uh, in those small businesses, and I'll tell you what the difference is. There's no way in hell this federal government would bail out a small business bank in a red state. I, I just don't believe it. That, that may be the case, but at the same time, if you think about the potential contagion effect, and, and we can use this now as a benchmark to say they've done it before, that God forbid the small business bank of you know Red State were to fail in the future. But if you think about just the ripple effects, the, the example I like to use is Etsy. Etsy is a, a marketplace where artisans and you know small sure. entrepreneurs do crafts and they sell them. Etsy had all of their working, or not all of their working capital, a large portion of their working capital with Silicon Valley Bank. So if that money were to have gone away, they wouldn't have been able to pay all of the entrepreneurs. The same thing with a payroll company. They had their money with Silicon Valley Bank. And so another company wouldn't have been able to pay their entrepreneurs. So that kind of reverberation throughout the system, and then you know, not quelling the fears that this could happen again and potentially taking down not just other regional banks, but having contagions up to big banks, it would have been really bad for everyone. Um, and this, so wait, you know, but wait, it, wait, 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 wait. I, I agree with you. I agree with you that it would have been horrendous. OK, however, um, I had uh, under the FDIC limit in Silicon Valley Bank for one of my businesses. We ran our payroll through Silicon Valley Bank. Okay. I we never put more than two hundred and fifty grand in that. We never do it unless we care to lose it. Uh, so why do I have to play by the rules and expect that I'm not going to get something? But all of the big guys will always expect. Oh well, they're going to bail me out. I'm too big to lose. I'm too big to fail. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, this is, I think, sort of a, a an, an expectation sort of game. Um, but the reality is that we didn't want to have that failure happen. And this was a bank that was very different than some of the other failures that had happened before. I mean, this was not about making toxic um, sure. loans or derivative products. This was really a liquidity issue that should have never gotten to the panic. And I think that's the bigger issue, that the way this was communicated the hubris. I mean, the fact that the head of Silicon Valley Bank sat on the board of directors of the San Francisco Fed and didn't anticipate that it might not be a good idea to lock up money for 10 years in Treasury. I mean, there are a lot of really weird questions here. And I think we can certainly debate, you know, what what we should do on a go forward basis. But we have to have faith in the banking system and for companies to take their cash management and now have to go through paperwork and you know, chop it up into little blocks so that they can be covered and have this in all different kinds of banks and all different kinds of accounts isn't particularly efficient. So I think no, it's not. that the I think the insurance program probably needs to be relooked okay. at. But you um, can't- and I think that's but you can't just write the rules as you go. That, that's the problem. <laughs> they do all the time. Glenn. I know, and it's wrong. And it's wrong to do that. Um, so, 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 fun, so, so fundamentally, it is definitely wrong to do that. But if they're going to continue to do it on an ongoing basis, this was not the time to, to put the flag down and go, nope, this isn't the time that we should do it. That's just, you know, it, it was a very sort of practical decision. Yes, in principle, we need to fix the underlying system. But as I said, let's not pretend yeah. that we have capitalism here in the United States. You've had the Fed who's been interfering. Oh, no, in it's not capitalism. Well, from Main Street to Wall Street on a historic basis. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to sit and pretend, oh, this was, you know, some affront to capitalism that didn't actually no. exist. No, the Fed is you know, the Fed is completely out of control, overstepped. And all of the, you know, the big banks, the really big banks, they are rolling with our cash. And we're on rolling the, a dough. Yeah, literally. So so let me go back to the bonds here for a second. They lock these treasuries up for 10 years um, and they when the interest rates go up, they lost about 25 percent on their bonds if they tried to sell them in an emergency. They were going to lose Correct. 25 cents on the dollar. That's what caused the panic because if you lose 25 cents on the dollar, you don't have enough to cover all of all of the things well, you have let, to cover. Let me, let, me, let me add one other thing that added into the panic because this was on paper. Should they had held them to maturity, there wouldn't have been no problem. Correct. Like you said, only in an emergency. What happened is that within Silicon Valley, um, because interest rates were rising and the bank was only paying a, you know, a small amount on deposits, you could pull your money out and park it into a treasury bill now and get you know five percent without very long duration. So you had more depositors pulling their money out than they had modeled and expected in this rising interest rate environment, as well as probably companies that needed more operating cash because of the economy. So they didn't have that expectation, and that sort of mismatch and saying, oh, wait, we have a liquidity need because we didn't estimate for this. That's what well, forced them to sell the bonds at that loss and then created this panic. And that's where this boob that is sitting on the uh, Federal Reserve Board in San Francisco, th these guys are, I, I'm convinced these guys are arrogant morons. Um, however, um, how many other banks 
have put their uh, their money into longer term treasuries. Oh, I mean, it's throughout the system. I okay, mean, so think about so so, so wait, think, wait, 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 go wait, ahead. If you take, you know, Bank of America, they also had a situation where they had to take a big loss on selling treasuries. The difference is that they have a large and diversified business. You know, they only had 69 percent of their liabilities being deposits where Silicon Valley Bank, it was 89 percent. They have a lot of retail deposits that were under the threshold. They have investment banking and trading and all these wealth management, all these other things. So for them, it wasn't an issue. Issue, but on a smaller scale for a bank that you know really does rely on that deposit business and because they had so much of that as these you know smaller business deposits that were uninsured that made it different than it was for let's say some of these bigger banks or so, banks that are structured right so uh, but I mean I'm looking at banks uh like you know JP Morgan Chase all of the they're fine. They got plenty of money and they're going to get all the depositors as the little banks go out. Exactly. Right. So let's, let's uh, what I'm asking, point. what I'm what I'm asking you is how, what gives us any indication that this is uh, that it's over, that we're safe now? I mean, it might be because right now, but this is going to happen again. So that's exactly why they put out the press release that they did, you know, the Fed and the Treasury and that very comforting statement from our president. I'm sure that gave you oh all the gosh. confidence oh, in the yeah. world. I'm stuck. But that was the point is the reason that that those depositors pulled out their deposits is because they were worried it wasn't going to be backstop. And if there was this, this liquidity issue that was incurred, oh, boy, you know, what are we going to do? So, yes, there are other banks who are probably in the same situation. But if their customers don't panic and pull their deposits and they have the time to plug that liquidity hole, um, then it, that's what that statement was meant to do now. It really just depends on the temperament of individuals and businesses. If you believe that, if you believe they're going to step in and backstop, then you're not pulling out the money. These companies can, the banks can deal with it. And if you don't, then we're going to see more of this. Certainly, I think, um, you know, particularly Silicon Valley Bank was different than Silvergate um, and Signature that had more crypto exposure. I would imagine those that have more exposure to crypto, we're probably going to see some additional issues. Issues, but Silicon Valley Bank being that second largest bank to fail in history, one of the top 20 banks in the U.S., um, systemically important, as as you said, obviously plugged in and connected um, was just a, a different a bit of a different animal. So but Glenn, I do, I do want to go to that point that you make, because I think this is really huge. Just like they closed down the small businesses during COVID and all of that went over to the big guys. You know, the big guys couldn't really step in. There, there's some laws in place about them buying more deposits. But what has happened in letting this play out the way it does is people have just decided to organically move their deposits. So JP Morgan and Citigroup, like they're having a field day, so much so that Jamie Dimon just bought something like $26 million worth of J.P. Morgan stock because he's doubling down because he knows all of those depositors are, are rolling in and he did not have to pay a red cent for them. The great consolidation continues. All right. Hang on just a sec. I, can you spend the hour with me? Yeah, of course. Because I've got a ton 
of questions on this. Um, we'll come back in just a second. Certain kind of person out there, and you know them when you see them. One that fits into the category of above and beyond. Somebody who is who they usually just love their job and they love serving people. They love to see their customers really, really happy. Those are the kinds of people that we look for when we're looking for real estate agents uh, that can represent you when you're buying or selling your home. You need somebody who really loves serving people, has compassion for people and, and cares about people and wants to do the best for them. That's also the best way to make money. Best way to be successful is just to serve and overserve your customer um, because they're, they always go away happy and then you've got more customers coming your way. We look for the people like that who also have the best track record uh, and they meet our standards and we have pretty high standards to recommend. These people don't work for us. So we don't have any skin in the game on, you know, who we pick and who we don't other than I want to super serve you and give you the best person. Real estate agents. I is a referral service. Just go there, tell us where you're buying, selling, and we'll get you some uh, of the best real estate agents in the country. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay. So, as the... As the... Uh, Fed rate goes up, these treasuries are worth less and less if you have to sell them, correct? Wait, um, we're missing you. Hang on just a second. I don't. Okay, can yeah, you get, there, you yeah, get me now? Yeah, now I can okay. hear you. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, obviously, the not to get too wonky, but the, the interest rates or the yield on the bond trades in inverse to it. And if you think about it, you know, why would you buy a 10 year that was you know on the market from a long time ago that's yielding one point something int percent interest when you can buy something that's at two years right now that gives you like you know, five percent interest Correct. doesn't make any sense. So the so their current value on the market um, is lower. But again, if you hold them to maturity, if they hold them the ten years, you still get the full amount of the face value Correct. plus the interest. It's just the tradable value today in that interim time period because there's not a lot of demand. For right. That. So for any small bank that is holding these, if there's trouble, they could be in trouble just like Silicon Valley Bank now. The FDIC, we were told, you know, that's the insurance. Yeah. And, and he said, well, don't worry. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> the, the banks have paid into it. Well, they don't have enough money just to cover what they covered uh, yesterday. So they're already upside down. So that means if we do have runs on the bank in future, you know, near future, they don't have any money, which leads me to believe we will just print the money. Doesn't yes. the, I mean, the inflation rate of what we're doing is crazy. Are, are we is this the beginning of the currency death cycle? 
<laughs> the currency death cycle began a long time ago. Um, I'd say a couple things. So from an FDIC standpoint, you know, they are saying we're going to put a fee out to other banks. So when Joe Biden comes out and says the taxpayer is not paying for this, you're not paying for it directly, but you certainly will be, whether it's a lower interest rate on your money or more Correct. fees or whatnot, if all the other B, uh, banks have to go in. <laughs> what I do think can happen here in the meantime is, you know, with the bank, they're trying to sell off pieces of it um, and they're trying to find new homes for it. So the FDIC is covering it. It's insurance if it needs to make it whole. But if somebody else were to buy it or to, you know, buy right. other assets, there, there's a way to, you know, that that structure sort of happens. And obviously that's the best case scenario. And again, frankly, we should have just never gotten to the point um, where we had this panic. But, right. you know, the the idiots um, didn't didn't prevail there. You know, should there be a God forbid wide run, yes, then, you know, in terms of trying yeah. to, to solve this, it would be money okay. printing, which is, again, if I can respond, because, you know, some people did not like what I had to say. That's sort of my point. I'm I, Someone's saying I'm a paid show. I'm not, a, I'm not paid by anybody. I'm saying <laughs> that we wanted to say, we wanted to stem this because what would happen to everybody, people who were not involved at all, I, would have cost you a lot more than this, you know, kind of temporary pin here. I don't think people understand um, the destruction that is coming our way. It's coming. Correct. This Correct. is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And people yes. are like, <clears throat> you know. I'm fine. Bring it on. No, you really don't understand. You you should be in a healthy way, terrified of what yes. is coming. And I yeah. use the word terrified. Do you remember our grandparents went through something that they they were 50 years away from and they were still like it could happen at any time. That's the kind of pain that America is about to go through. And remember those people grew up without indoor toilets, okay? They grew up without all the fancy stuff yeah. that we have now. They didn't have that far to fall back. We have an enormous way to go back. <clears throat> you should be terrified of it um, <clears throat> in a healthy way. All right, when we come back, I, I want to ask you about the Fed itself and the sell, the sale for a pound Silicon <laughs> Valley Bank in UK. What was that all about? Um, back with more Carol Roth in just a second. The Glenn Beck Program. Sadly, it uh, probably comes as no surprise to anyone that even after the overturning of Roe versus Wade, um, abortion is still the number one killer among infants. This is craziness you want to know one of the reasons we have lost all sense all sanity and all morality when we are just killing our children i mean it's the least we could do what do you say we stop killing children dan steiner a friend of mine founded the life-saving ministry of preborn 16 years ago they have saved over 200,000 babies since then now they have partnered with us and we have a new goal just for this audience of being able to save 80,000 babies this year. This, I think, will bring great blessings upon all of our heads. 
for $140, you can introduce moms to their babies on ultrasounds and help rescue five babies' lives. When moms see their babies on ultrasound, it changes everything. 28 bucks for one. You do five for 140. Help them out in any way you can. Pound 250 keyword baby or preborn.com slash Beck. Check out my show, Pack Ray Unleashed. Every weekday, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, live or anytime and anywhere you get your podcast. with Carol Roth. Uh, she is the uh, author of the new book that is coming out this summer, You Will Own Nothing. Um, and, uh, I, you know, Carol, I want to talk to you about where we were here a second ago, because I, I think it is important to discuss nuance here. Yes. Um, with, because I am against bailing everybody out and i know there's a difference they didn't bail out the the crooks that were running it or the stupid people that were running it or anything else they did they bailed out the people who were doing business with the bank not the bank itself correct well i wouldn't say they bailed them out they offered to backstop they created and and we don't know we don't know if any of that is going to be required you know they're going to go through a process right they're going to look to sell assets that money is going to be used to cover things but they stepped in and said you know if this needs to be covered we're going to find a way to spread that out through the banking system so it does it so again this is a highly nuanced discussion they did not bail they did not save the bank the bank closed. They did not save the shareholders. They did not save the management who made the bad decisions. I personally think that they should go back after any of the stock sales that the senior management made in the weeks leading up to this. So it's not that it's about, you know, not completely burning down the system. And there's some people who say, you know what, we should just light a match. Let's burn down the entire system today. I'm more in the camp of let it burn slowly because there are more people who need to get prepared. And the, like you said, in our previous segment, the amount of carnage that would be happening to everyone, people who are not directly related to this. This is not about the people who are related to this. This is about the contagion effect to everybody everybody else, including the people who are listening to this program. And it is a nuanced discussion about the interconnectedness and, you know, the how messed up our financial system is. is, It is in the worst case scenario. It is the end of the Western way of life for at least a while. Yes. Um, And I don't think people really understand that. I was for TARP for about two days. I had a friend who was in the meeting uh, with the Treasury that Sunday night, and he (laughs) called me, and he's a really reasonable, buttoned-up, you know, guy. Um, And he was a CFO, and he called me in tears. He was walking home from it in New York, and he said, I'm walking up Broadway and I'm looking at the cars coming down. And he said, I'm looking at the faces of people. They have no idea what's about to happen. And yeah. well, it's, it's funny. Cause I was actually against tarp and against those bank bailouts right. because it was a different situation. Well, I was uh, hear me out. I was for it for about two days okay. after talking to him because I saw what was happening and what it meant. 
and no one was prepared. And I thought, okay, he said to me, Glenn, we're going to slam into the side of a mountain. This will allow us to come down in the trees. But then I realized nobody was actually doing that. They weren't preparing to bring it down. They had another scheme up their sleeve. And that's why I immediately changed my mind. I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a game being played. Correct. So the there's part of me that um, <clears throat> I want to slow it down in any way possible and, and land in the trees. Um, however, um, the more time that goes on, the worse it's going to be, A. B, the more prepared the the government is to fall into digital currency and everything else, which is going to be the end of freedom as the world knows it. Yeah. And that's actually my concern, um, as I've expressed to you before, that having a bank run and having you know wide bank runs gives the government the perfect Excuse. cover story for CBDC. They can say, you know, you can't have a bank run if there isn't a bank. So if we control this, then you're completely, you know, quote unquote secure because yeah. the government is here to help you. And that just gives them, you know, that crisis to be able to push central bank digital currency, which is the end of freedom and independence and individual rights and property rights here in the United States, which as we both know, is coming. It's a matter of time. I just want more people to understand this, to get into some level of hard assets, to to really be prepared because people are not prepared for this to no, happen no. tomorrow. They think that it's just going to They We haven't seen anything like this since the 1930s. And this is um, probably more destructive than what we had in the 1930s. Because well, of the scale of debt all around the world. Correct. And think about this. You know, the, the U.S. has been the global center of the universe, the world's reserve currency, for only about 80 years. So people who are alive today have never been in a situation where we have not been in the center of the financial universe. And as that shifts, that's going to have severe implications for the quality of life, for the actions of the government. And oh, by the way, every time there has been one of these shifts in modern history, from the Dutch Empire to the British Empire to the US Empire, there's usually a catalyst for that which is war so there are really bad things that go along yeah. with the shifting of the of the financial world order and it you're right it is it is going to happen it's a question of of when not uh, if it's going to happen but everybody needs to be prepared and this weekend was not the time for that to happen i will tell you that uh i'm always thank god i'm always wrong on timing but direction i'm usually right, right on um, but I, I really feel that uh, war, collapse, whatever, is coming before the next president is sworn in. Um, because if I'm China, why wouldn't I do it at our weakest point? Um, one other thing. Did you get the uh, email I sent you from Seeking Alpha? So I did. Um, I, it's I about the get, you didn't get a chance to read it. I didn't it, get a chance to get in there. yet. OK, so it is um, for the first time in the Fed's history, uh, they are lost. They are operating in a loss. Uh, the last quarter of 22, they uh, posted a loss of 15 billion. 
So usually all of their profits go to the treasury and that helps, you know, our, our deficit. Um, but they are now expecting losses this year of, gosh, what was it? Like $115 billion. Um, uh, and, and they're kind of in the same kind of situation uh, where we're not getting the money. And then they also said they're uh, carrying a huge unrealized loss in their SOMA portfolio. Do you know anything about that? What what does that mean? Yeah. So, I mean, a few things is that the Fed over time operates at losses and also at, you know, quote unquote profits. And like you said, when they have profits, they give it back to the U.S. Treasury, which is why I always laugh when people tell me that the Fed is an independent organization. What independent organization gives their profits when they seem to have them back to the U.S.? Guys, this is this is all tied in together Um, in terms of the unrealized losses. I mean, you you know, the Fed has. you know, close to still like it's over eight trillion, close to nine trillion dollars on their balance sheet that we know uh, from this funny nut money that they've printed from nowhere. Right. And they've gone out in the market and they purchased, you know, the same kinds of securities. But again, in terms of unrealized, we've talked about in the before in terms of tax policy, unrealized doesn't mean anything. It's theoretical. It's only when it becomes realized that it's an issue. And the Fed has no incentive if they have things that have unrealized losses on their balance sheet, they'll just keep them on their balance sheet forever. Um, The bigger issue is the fact that they have anything, let alone that level on their balance sheet and everything that they have done to put us in the situation we are today to transfer epic amounts of wealth from Main Street, from the working class, from the middle class to Wall Street. I mean, that's the issue. We've got the Fed who, you know, alongside the government is the arsonist who burns your house down and then is standing there with like a little bucket of water being like, oh, look at me, I'm helping. I'm trying to put this out. I mean, this is the crux of the issue. This is what we need to be addressing systemically if anything is going to change. Their powers, um, it's not just about abolishing the Fed, which a lot of people are talking about it's abolishing their powers because the only thing that would be worse than the Fed having these ridiculous powers that they have would be for Congress to Correct. take them over. So we have to be very, very specific. We want those powers abolished. We should be letting the market dictate things like interest rates and not well, having a committee of people play God here. The the problem that people will say is, well, then you'll have crashes all the time. But the crashes we used to have were very short-lived and the recovery always came back because it is part of free the free market to burn out the the you know the underbrush that is dying you let the trees die and it burns out and that replenishes the soil and so we had short crashes they are not uh preventing crashes they are they are building these crashes and that, you know, it used to be the mantra. These banks are way too big. Well, they keep making everything bigger. They're going to push it into four banks. Then it will be the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve will eventually become a global thing. Uh, and, you know, well, then what? I mean, there's no place to push it other than God after that. Yeah, I mean, think about the 
scope of the boom and the bust cycles. Like you said, you know, not only do they get uh, perhaps more frequent, but they get huger huge. in scope, the huge bottoming out and then, then the huge bubble run up. And what this does, most people don't realize this, is that I call it sort of the, the vulturing of these boom and bust cycles because it wipes out the wealth of the average person who panics and says, you know, I I've had enough of this. Then they run the prices up and who benefits from that it ends up being the wealthy and well connected sure. then everything busts out again it goes down to lower prices the vultures that have all the money they put their money in and they keep putting in them in these huge huge cycles so they're creating not necessarily just more frequent cycles but these larger cycles if we had a stable currency that was backed by something like gold like it used to be it would be a very different situation and it would take the moral hazard away from the fed and the government to just do whatever they wanted and destroy the purchasing power of the people who've worked so hard to earn that money. Okay, um, if you will stay with me just a couple more minutes, I, I want to ask you about Bitcoin and gold um, okay. because I think those assets are working the way they're supposed to uh, when we come back. In an emergency situation, you're going to have a lot of things on your mind, especially if you've got a family to take care of. People laugh at preppers. Oh, they won't one day. They won't take this concern off of your plate. Uh, how do you survive in crazy situations? Well, mypatriotsupply.com can help you. Right now, you can stock up on their three-month emergency food kit. You'll also get $200 worth of survival gear as a free bonus with every three-month uh, kit that you would purchase. Something goes wrong, the whole family is, uh, is there. War, grid goes down. Snowstorm, everything you'll get when you see it, you'll know you'll be prepared and you'll sleep better. MyPatriotSupply.com, $200 bonus right now, MyPatriotSupply.com. You also get free shipping. Order today, MyPatriotSupply.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at GlennBeck.com. Senator Mark Kelly called for social media to censor anyone to prevent bank runs. Um, you know, don't, don't censor, but uh, don't 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 cause a run on the bank. It's a, probably a good safety tip. Um, Bitcoin is being blamed for a lot of this, although Bitcoin went up. Gold went up. Carol, I, I talked to so many friends and family. They were all calling me yesterday. What do we do? What do we do? Gold and silver. I mean, if if. I mean, that's the only thing that you can count on, right? Yeah, I mean, we had a, a Twitter Spaces on this last night. I mean, actually put a, a, a um, video out today for gold virgins, people who have never bought precious metals before because yeah. it can be a little bit intimidating. But yeah, I mean, this is, um, you know, when there are changes in the new financial or the financial world order historically, it has always been something that goes back to a commodity that everyone agrees right. on. You know, that's been gold. Central banks we know have bought a record amount of gold last year. So, you know, the idea is to get yourself into hard assets, a form factor that you can control, because particularly, as we said, if this rolls into things like central bank digital currencies, you want to be able to control and have access to a portion of your wealth. 
hard assets, mm. physical metals, use a, a, a reputable dealer. I know, Glenn, you and I both work with Goldline, not to be a commercial here, but you know, you want to have physical, not ETF, something that you can hold. And then certainly, you know, things like land, water rights, you know, real estate, th things that are, are tangible and hard that don't have that same manipulation factor. Mm. But for that buying, that bartering, the trading, putting some of your long-term wealth in precious metals, I think, is imperative. And just as Carol said, we're both spokespeople for Goldline, but we're only spokespersons for Goldline because we believe it. Um, yes. So this is not a commercial. I mean, go ahead and buy your, I think you'll regret it, but go ahead and buy your gold or silver wherever. But uh, if if you're not awake to gold or silver and, you know, people say, I don't have the money for gold. Um, well, maybe not. Um, but silver, you have the money for and silver will be probably more uh, usable in the short run um, because you're not going to be buying huge, you know, huge things. You need to barter if you are really down and I can't afford gold. Well, you have to just think, how do I. How do I barter? How do I get something of value for my family that I need? And, you know, it's most likely not going to be in $5,000 chunks. Yeah. And you can get, you know, smaller gold coins and fractional yeah. amounts of golds as well, which are important. You know, if you think about a situation like Venezuela, those metals are what they're using for things like food and hospital visits and things like that. That's so, crazy. you know, it happened to them. Um, just don't panic, but be prepared. Yeah. Look at Venezuela. Um, once they started nationalizing things in Venezuela, it was over quickly. We They were on about a 20-year timeline, uh, and we're headed towards 20 years now of this timeline. Uh, that's kind of the outcome that could come here to America, and don't think that it can't. Prepare so you don't worry about it. The Glenn Beck Program.